Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so honored to have Dr. Stephanie Hutchins as our special guest. Dr. Hutchins, author of Transformation After Trauma, Embracing Post-Traumatic Growth, helps individuals overcome trauma and cope with stress. She is a certified life coach, stress management coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and yoga instructor. She also owns Seratnus Life, a company that helps individuals overcome stressful and traumatic events. Dr. Hutchins taught about the human body as a college professor for 12 years, and the capabilities of the mind and body continue to fascinate her. She guides others in harnessing the power of their mind and body to overcome tremendous hardship brought on by the inevitable stresses of life. Dr. Hutchins combines yoga principles, her knowledge of the human body, and her healing journey to empower others with tools to fuel massive personal and professional growth. Dr. Hutchins, we're so excited to have you on our podcast today, and we always like to start by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. And um, I am an avid consumer of personal and professional development um, books and audio, but um, there is an in um, the late Jim Rohn is somebody I always go to his work when I'm needing um, just a you know any kind of pick me up or shift in perspective um, or just make sure I'm on the right track. And I have a a lot of different ways that I access his materials. I have some favorite YouTube recordings um, and a number of his books. But um, for your listeners who um, you know want to know my you know, favorite Jim Rohn resource. Um, there's a compila- uh, compilation of some of his best work in um, the ultimate Jim Rohn library that um, Nightingale Conant put together. And so what I do is anytime I'm needing um, maybe a shot of inspiration or maybe guidance, what I do is I go to that book and I, I listen to it on Audible and I'll go to the chapter that I'm just, I guess, wanting some insight or reminders on. So I might go to the finance chapter or I might go to the one on goal setting or developing character, um, just really whatever I'm looking for. Um, but he's, he's, I consider him, even though he's, he's passed away, I consider him one of my greatest mentors actually. 
Thank you, Stephanie, for joining us. And thank you for sharing. Tell me more about Jim Rohn. I'm not sure he's on my radar or it's something that hasn't stuck with me. So tell me a little bit about his background and and why he was such a mentor to you. I'd love to know more. Yeah. So Jim Rohn um, is considered a business philosopher. And um, how I got to know him is because a lot of the, um, you know, current, you know, personal and professional development, I don't hate to use the word guru, but um, like Tony Robbins and the like, I, I, as I listened to them, I continue to hear the name Jim Rohn come up and, and like over and over, I continue to hear the same people talk about how Jim Rohn influenced them in their life and their business. And so that's how I, you know, I just, I just looked him up and I, I, YouTube, I like going to YouTube because I like to see videos of people and, um, and listen to the audio and, um, and he really, he contributed to the field of, of business, um, for, oh, well, probably, I mean, you know, over 40 years, um, probably even more than that. And, um, and he just, he developed a lot of just, it's almost, some of it is, I guess, um, you know, like nothing too profound in many ways, but the way he put things together and um, just really makes you think. And um, and really, it's he's caused me to really think about um, like designing my life for me. Like because if you don't set, so we're going to talk about you know what's been really important in my life, which has been goal setting. And, and that's a really big part of his teaching is setting goals. And like, if you don't design your path, somebody else is going to design it for you. And they probably don't have much, you know, in store for you. So if you really want to have, um, an exceptional life or one that you can be proud of, or at least enjoy, then you've got to take the reins and, you know, the control of your life and, and really set goals for the future. And I've really taken it to heart in all aspects of my life and and in my business. And that's why goal setting, you know, influences all aspects of it. And when I'm needing to set new goals or just reinforce current ones, it's his practices that I always go back and listen to to make mm. sure I'm on track. <laughs> I can't wait to get more to goal setting because oh, I don't know. That's exciting. <laughs> sort of model, Stephanie. You're yes. <laughs> You could be more of a perfect podcast guest. You're like, let me just sprinkle in goal setting right in the beginning. I love it. What? So you said you go to him for shots of inspiration. What's maybe kind of the top couple? So I, I feel like Stephanie, it's like when you want to listen to music and you go to a couple jams to get you going. What are some like just one or two of the the ones that you're like? I always go to this and I feel so much better. So what's it about and and how does it make you feel better? Well, like he has a, um, I am just going to paraphrase one of his quotes, but I like to listen to the sections of his books and audio where he talks about how it's better to live 30 years full of adventure than a hundred years safe in the corner. Mm. And, you know, like my, my coaching practice and my book are all based on, you know, trauma and people who have experienced trauma and how to move forward. And what's interesting is that, you know, many, people, they, 
they're scared of taking risks because they don't want to get hurt. And, and it's not like I, you know, I want to be hurt, but the, the more we try to protect ourselves from harm and from maybe negative feedback from people, you know, the, the less chances we're going to have to experience beautiful things in life, you know, protecting us from the bad also prevents us from experiencing the good in life. And those are some of his, his messages that he's, you know, constantly saying is that, um, is that we have to take a risk because if not, then we're going to be missing, you know, we're Mm going to be missing out. And so that's one thing I always look for. And it's, I also look at his messages about, um, really just making a plan for your life. Because if, if you don't have a plan, then what are you aiming for? You're just sort of meandering through your days and throughout your life. And at the end of it, you're likely going to end up with regrets. And so, um, you know, other like paraphrased quotes that he have that I really love is, you know, you're, you're always going to suffer, pain. You're either going to suffer the pain of discipline or you're going to suffer the pain of regret. Mm. And so you're going to suffer pain no matter what. So you might as well choose the pain of discipline that it takes to move forward to reaching your goals rather than looking back on your life in that rocking chair and just looking back on all that you missed out on by not trying. I, I, the 30 years of adventure, you'd rather have that (laughs) than a hundred years of the corner. I just, I'm going to say that one all the time. So thank you for that. I'm just going to say that. And in fact, it came up, uh, in a conversation that I had with my husband on our, on our walk. And he said kind of the same, but in a funny way, he said, I just read that eating hot dog, every time you eat a hot dog, it reduces your life by 35 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And and I said, well, being from Chicago, that's fine by me because I've enjoyed Chicago hot dogs. And if I lose a couple hours of my life, I think I'm okay. <laughs> and yeah, no, isn't it all about that balance? You know, yes. like we don't want to accelerate, we, we don't want to accelerate the process like crazy necessarily, but, right. but we do want to enjoy moments yes. along the way. Yes. Like, and that's what little risks can, you know, not being, you know, we don't want to be reckless, but, but we want to take small risks, you know, because, because we, you know, with that little risk, we do get a lot of times benefit from it, even if it is temporary, you know, from, from little treats we may (laughs) experience. (laughs) But it's so true. And I I really appreciate the, I like the suffer, you're going to suffer pain no matter what. So do you want it? I often say, do you want it early or late? Which is Mm -hmm. the same kind of idea. If you suffer pain early, it's the discipline, it's the planning, it's maybe ironing out conflicts before you, before they become a big conflict. So you're taking that pain up front versus at the end, which is like you said that, you know, because you regretted it or because the implementation was poor because you didn't plan ahead or you didn't have a goal. So I can see why you really go to him for inspiration. Like you said, that just the way he says it, the way it kind of gives you that good, um, good, good catalyst. I was going to say kick in the pants, but good catalyst, (sighs) kick in the pants, right? Would you need it to remind yourself? Really appreciate Stephanie. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it's just a nice reminder sometimes to, to know that I'm on track, you know, and that's an affirmation that, okay, you're doing a good job. You're, you're doing what you need to, to progress forward. So, so sometimes it's just a, it's a good reminder. I'm doing a good job. And sometimes it's that good kick in the seat that I needed to get moving forward. (laughs) 
What? Um, so we'll get to the big question. And I know, oh, you're going to be, I, I'm sure you have so many examples. So you're going to have to just pick one for us. But what is the decision that you made in your life that changed the trajectory? And I think you're going to say goal setting is one of the charge qualities that helped you make that. Um, but what, what's one of the, what's one of the main decisions, Stephanie? Well, it was sort of, so let's, uh, you know, keep in mind that again, I, I do have a practice that focuses on, on trauma. And so there's obviously a reason that I've chose to, you know, specialize in working with people who've experienced trauma because I have experienced, um, I have a long history of trauma and, um, in my mid twenties, I was, I was really falling apart. Um, uh, I had found my significant other um, dead. And after that, mm-hmm. I, I just sort of, I, I literally just fell apart. I wasn't able to function. I wasn't working. I wasn't, I wasn't able to work. I wasn't bathing. I wasn't just even taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fortunate that um, my mother was able to financially help me during that time when I wasn't able to work, but she, it went on for months and, and I was really, um, um, self-destructing in many ways. And she finally put her foot down and said, enough is enough, Stephanie, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, you have to get help, um, or I am not going to be able to support you any longer. And, and that was, it was really challenging for me, um, for her to say that. But what was interesting is that I spent a few days, um, reflecting, partly being resentful, but after the resentment passed, I looked at it and where I was at in my life and looked at how I was self-destructing and how I wasn't leaving my house for days and bathing for days. And I really asked myself, is this what I want for my future? You know, is this how I want to keep experiencing life? And, and it wasn't. And so what I realized is that I didn't want to, um, continue on this path and I needed to change. And so what I needed to do was well, move in the exact opposite direction. I needed to pivot. And, and what's, you know, goal setting, why it's so, mm-hmm. so critical to me in all aspects of my life is because during this darkest moment, goal setting was hands down the most critical part of me getting out of this mm-hmm. like uh, deep hole I, I was in. And so what I did is like, yes, I needed to get a job. Yes, I needed to do all sorts of things, but I couldn't do some of these things until I started practicing basic self-care. Mm-hmm. So so what I did each day is I decided each morning I was going to set small goals for myself. So in the beginning of the day, I would say, okay, my goal for today is to shower <laughs> or mm. brush my teeth or take out the trash. And mm. some people think like, those in many ways are little goals, but what they don't realize is for me, they were extremely challenging goals because I was at a point where I didn't even feel deserving of that basic self-care and self-love. But what was really interesting is that as I started to set those small goals for myself every day, I started to feel better 
every day. And as I started to feel better, I started to set a little bit bigger goals for myself. So I'd started to set goals of, you know, looking for a job and, um, and I'd set goals for, um, you know, continuing on with my education and so on and so forth. Like my goals started to get bigger and bigger as, as I felt better and better. And it just ended up being a snowball effect that as I experienced these small wins over time, it just created momentum. And that's why I've just, I am a true believer of how important goal setting is into chunking down goals into just manageable bite-sized pieces where you can experience those small wins and not get discouraged. And, and so it really, um, even though I had to reach a very extreme low point in my life to like propel myself forward, it's been a beautiful, a beautiful journey since. And I mean, my goals got to the point where, you know, I finished my PhD and I traveled around the world and, you know, I started a business, I wrote a book and, you know, and, and it's been really exciting actually to move from the time of just setting goals of brushing my teeth and bathing to now, um, experiencing life in a really beautiful way, actually. <laughs> that it, I, we're going to get to goals because we could talk for hours about yeah. goals. I'm so excited. So I'm going to calm myself down. And what before, and thank you for sharing such a, a personal story. And yes, it, it makes sense that you went into trauma and, you, and meaning coaching and, and you're helping others. What before the trauma happened to you, what were you on the path more in a helping profession or were you a stockbroker going to, you know, what was your major? <laughs> what were you, what were you thinking about before this, this all happened? Well, so, um, so unfortunately many of my traumas occurred at a, at a young age and, and, but I always knew that I wanted to be in a helping profession. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I always knew that I wanted, I just wanted to help people mm -hmm. and, and people who are in pain in some kind of way. And when I graduated high school, my original plan was to be a chiropractor actually. And so I started that journey. I actually was in chiropractic college college for a few years. And, and then I, um, for a few reasons, decided that was not the path for me. And I left chiropractic college. And what's really interesting about that is, um, is I left... I've made so many decisions like this in my life where people didn't understand the decision I made, but it actually was the best decision I ever could make. And so I made the decision to leave chiropractic college and I literally, I had no degree. I was, I had, was able to enter this doctorate program by finishing prerequisite courses. And so I was $80,000 in debt and I had, um, like, over 200 college credits, almost 300 college level credits and no degree whatsoever. And I left um, the field and wasn't exactly sure <laughs> what my plan was going to be. I just knew that that was not the path I was meant to be on. And what was really interesting is that, so all during when I first started to go to college, I was working in human services organizations, um, mostly working with individuals with disability um, or the aging population. And, um, 
I was looking at um, programs that could utilize my credits. And ultimately, I ended up finding a program that could, a PhD program that could utilize um, many of my credits. And it was a PhD in human services, actually. And most of the programming, most of the courses I took were in healthcare and human services administration because I had toyed with the idea of being like a hospital administrator, but I still wasn't sure. But what what happened is we had these like um, in-person residencies that we were required to do. And in one of the residencies, um, one of the instructors encouraged us to start adjuncting, to teach part-time. And because that's part of the PhD field is to give back to a body of knowledge. And here, most everything I had learned was in the sciences. It was about the human body because that's all the foundational stuff I learned in chiropractic college and the prereqs that I took. So I sat there and thought, well, I'm going for a PhD in human services, but I really don't feel at this point qualified to teach human services, but I have a ton of knowledge on anatomy and physiology. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to some fellow students during that, um, that experience. And I talked to my instructors and they said, why don't you look for an adjunct position teaching anatomy and physiology? And so I did. And I, I looked and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't actually, I didn't have a degree. I, I well, I had gone on, I found some places, I'm jumping a little bit, but I, I found um, an online school that was willing to work with me to be able to finish my bachelor's and master's using credits that I had earned um, in a fairly short period of time. And so what I was able to do is utilize um, my knowledge that I learned in chiropractic college and use it to teach. So even though I didn't have a degree that said, you know, a degree in anatomy or physiology, I had the background and I had the confidence in the knowledge that I had in my ability to teach. And so I just, I, put myself out there um, for a job and I interviewed and luckily I, I presented myself very well um, during the interview and I got my first shot at it and I found out I was really good at it actually. <laughs> and I just, I ended up finding that I wanted to teach full time and I approached the dean at that time of the college I was at and said, I would like to apply to full-time teaching jobs. Will you be a reference for me? And she said, yeah, I, I can do that, Stephanie, but why don't you just stay here? Mm. And I said, but there's not a full-time job. And she said, we'll make one for you. <laughs> And you know, what's interesting is I just, it just propelled me into over a decade of teaching about the human body. But as I started learning more about the human body and teaching about the human body, and I got stronger mentally um, and healing from my traumas, I started applying what I know have known about the human body and the resiliency of the human body and mind when stress is applied to it and started to realize that all of the trauma in my life did not actually destroy me, but it strengthened me and gave me a level of resilience. And I know resiliency is one of um, the components of your, of your charge model. And it just, I realized that I have an immense sense of resiliency and my traumas did 
did not destroy me. And so I, I started to want to share that message with other people that their traumas don't have to be the end of their life, but can be a new beginning. And so that's really the foundation of my coaching practice and my book is to empower people to look at, to really reframe their traumas and look at it differently and say, you know, they're, they're not actually broken from their traumas. Actually, they're stronger in those broken places, you know, that, um, that they, they're, you know, they have immense capabilities that they can move forward with now that they've had those like life experiences. And so, yeah, I've had a diverse amount of experiences to bring me to this point, but I, I wouldn't change a bit of it, you know? <laughs> well, because otherwise then you'd regret where you're at. So you of can't, course. We, we talk about that with quite a few people. If you like where you're at, you really can't regret all the things that happened to get you there. So while you were talking, Sophie, I was thinking because I'm glad you brought up resilience because I was thinking about not everyone who goes through trauma. um, And I know you said you had the dark points and you're like, I had to set a goal to just brush my teeth and, and, and shower, but you did that and you set those goals and then you made bigger goals and bigger goals. And so I guess what is it? And this kind of gets into your book too, I'm sure but how did, how, why were you different from others who can't bounce back from the trauma? And did you have, cause you mentioned something too about your resilience. And I thought maybe a little bit of sass too, when you said people don't understand your decision, but you still did it. Like you left uh chiropractor school and how, where's that kind of resilience come from within you? And did you know it when you were like, um, younger that you had some of it and then you just had to find it again or really nurtured, you know, as you got older, where do you think that came from? Well, I think, well, part of it is that, so it's sort of a big question when you ask like, you know, how can some people essentially move forward after trauma and how do others, um, how come others don't? And part of it, I think has to be, and people who don't know me sometimes take this the wrong way, but, um, and I, I don't mean any harm by it, but people have to want to mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. I think that is like one of the most critical things of moving forward after mm-hmm. trauma or any stressful experience. And um so this is something I work with my clients with and again we've developed a, a great sense of trust by this point um when I ask them this. But when people um are cycling through um their trauma and sort of staying in the place long, the same place for an extended period of time, maybe even years, I always have to ask them, what are they gaining by Uh remaining a victim? And it's a, and again, I'm like, some people can be very put off by me asking that, but I always have to remind people I have a very, you know, I have a very complex, you know, trauma history. And so I don't say that lightly, but what a lot of people don't realize is that there's a reason that people want to hang on to that story and they want to repeat it or they, because maybe they got sympathy from it, or maybe it makes it um, so that people pay attention to them now, or it makes them significant in some way. There's usually, if people dig down, there is some reason why they haven't moved 
forward. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a reason they're holding on to that story and not wanting to change that story because that's, we ultimately have the power to change the narrative of our story. We may not be able to change the past, but we can change how we move forward, but we have to want to change it. And so I think that's fundamental. And and so that's part of it. But when you say I have a little bit of sass, I, I that probably is true. Like I, I've always had a fighter in me and part of me gets angry that uh, so many times, because a lot of times it was other people that hurt me and brought me down. And the fighter in me wanted to say like, I'm not letting you win. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you hold me back and prevent me from experiencing this life, you know, that I'm meant to experience. And so, so I guess it was both. It was that I wanted to, to change, but I didn't want my past circumstances to have any more power over mm-hmm. me. And so it was really about instead of me focusing on all that I have lost and all that I didn't have control over in the past, I started to focus over what do I have control over now? And, and really it helped empower me. Um, and, and, and really. And, and it does. It, it's all about being resilient and being able to bounce back. But I think we, I don't know if it's inherent or that it's learned. I guess I'm I'm not really sure wh- where yeah. our resilience comes from. But I think sometimes we just have to want to bounce back. And I know sometimes beliefs come into that. People don't believe that they are strong enough to mm-hmm. move forward. But that's where I'll say listening to podcast and books and things like that are really significant for those people that don't feel they have it within themselves to move forward. They have to change that voice that's going on inside their head. So that's why listening to podcasts like this are extremely important because if you have this cycle going through your mind of, of just the past and about how you're never going to be able to move forward, you're just on replay of just really negative beliefs. And so you need to input into your mind a new set of beliefs. And that's why listening to audio and read, reading books is really great for instilling a new belief pattern. And I feel that that can help people who want to move forward, but don't know how to move forward, that they can start, it can empower them with the knowledge and sort of belief in themselves that they can move forward, you know, and begin with the baby steps, you know? And I think to everything that you said, I'm just taking notes. I'm so excited. And that fighter in you. And I think some people to your point of listening to podcasts like this, and this is one of the reasons Kelly and I love to do this is because we saw the power of the story. So someone could see you, Stephanie, and go, oh, well, she's got it all. She had a great life. And, you know, look at her now, successful kind of thing. And they don't, and that's hard for them because maybe they have issues and they can't, they don't know how to manage them because they see someone else and they just think, oh, everything's fine for them. And by unearthing these stories, by having other people listen, go, oh, it was hard for them. Maybe I can do it. So maybe if I'm not inherently a fighter like you were, Stephanie, and say, no, you can't win, this helps them. This story helps them. And it needs to help them change the conversation because we have said consistently in our practice, Kelly and, 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 and uh, I have said, what's the, it's, it's giving you something by you being in a one down status and a victim or whatever it is, 
there's some kind of story that it's helping you to tell. So if I'm always around bad bosses, I get to be the victim of it and go, see, I can't advance because of this bad boss. And so analyzing that story and figuring out kind of what's in it for you is incredibly important. So thank you for all of what you said. And I think you talked about goal setting and resiliency and I'll jump to, and you've given such great actions already, Stephanie, what are other actions that you'd want people to take um, to help them with trauma when they're making a decision this, this beautiful lessons you've already shared with us. What additional ones do you have, Stephanie, for our listeners? Well, I think I'd I'd, I'd say to be patient with mm-hmm. yourself. You know, we we want so much when we when we want to change. We want like to everything to change right away, <laughs> you know, and overnight, and everything to be different right away. And I and I just life doesn't work that way. And so I think it's about being patient with yourself and the process and not pushing yourself faster or farther than you're ready to go. And so like, you know, here, you know, a lot of people don't that see me today with my book and my business and my traveling and all that, they don't know necessarily my backstory and they don't realize that in order to get to this point, I had to do like the very basics that most people don't have problems with, you know, like the basic self-care. And so you've got to meet yourself where you're at. And so maybe you want to do a pivot in your career. Maybe you want to go back to school, but maybe you can't do it in a huge leap that somebody else did it. You know, maybe you've got to take it, you know, in a little bit different, you know, path and that's okay. And that's where I think it's important if you're wanting to venture on a certain path of changing careers or increasing in your level in the company you're in or going back to school, whatever it is, of listening to podcasts and reading books and going and watching YouTube videos of people who are on a similar journey that you want to be on, but looking at how they approached it in different ways. And seeing that there's not a one size fits all for uh, reaching different goals, that based on our past experiences, our pathway to getting to the same goal as somebody else, they may look very different. And so again, it's about being patient with yourself on that particular journey that you need to take. And your journey is never going to look the same as somebody else's. So Stephanie, if I'm, if I'm someone listening and I want to um, change jobs and you mentioned earlier that you have to have this uh, target or a goal and that helps you. So I'm in, I got it, Stephanie. I'm willing to do the work. I want to, I want to go, I want to change jobs, but oy, that's a big, that's a big one. That's like, where do I start? How do you help people kind of figure out where do I start? How do I set a little goal and how, cause it seems so overwhelming for some people if they're, if they naturally can't kind of break down tasks, what, what is your advice for where to start? Cause I'm excited. I've listened to this podcast. I want to do something, Stephanie, where do I, where do I start? Well, so, so if you're wanting to change jobs, then it's about looking at, okay, um, looking re- like literally going into, I would suggest going right to Google <laughs> and typing in, you know, um, 
jobs. Like what is it, what, you know, um, typing in the specific job or literally write, what does it take to be a, you know, whatever executive director, you know, or CFO or whatever it may be, or, you know, what does it take to be a medical doctor, whatever it may be, start the beginning, like research, like you have to know what is expected of you as far as, um, knowledge base, education base, um, you know, just basic skills that you need to have. And so you have to have that knowledge. And so we have, we have all sorts of information at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that knowledge of, okay, this is what is, and I, I encourage people because I was in advised students for so many years. Um, and they wanted, a lot of them were returning back to school and they're wanting to change careers. And, um, and so I would have them go and actually go to Indeed or any job search engine and actually type in the job description they were looking for, the job title, and look to see what employers were work- looking for. And then seeing like, do they have that from their past experience? And if not, where can they start filling in the gaps? Do they actually need to go back to school or they can they just fill it in with some professional development courses to gain the skills? You know, maybe they need to go and, um, you know, volunteer for an organization or, you know, maybe they can gain the skills without going back to school, you know? So it's about looking at what is expected and then taking that and saying, okay, this is the gaps. This is where I am currently. And these are the gaps that need to be filled for me to get to this place. And, and then looking at it, okay, what is one step, you know, that I can start today? Okay. I need to gain the skill of, you know, financial, you know, management or, um, HR, whatever it may be, some skill conflict resolution, whatever it may be in looking for ways that you can gain those skills, um, um, easily. Um, and sometimes it doesn't require going to school. It can be listening to books and, um, and just, that's what I recommend. (laughs) Thank you. Such excellent advice. I really appreciate it. And I know Kelly, I was thinking when Stephanie said of 30 years of adventure is better than sitting, you know, a hundred, a hundred years in the corner and you've got to take those risks. So you don't regret. I always think of you, Kelly, because for those for those listeners who who have who have heard of quite a few podcasts, we always poke at Kelly with like being change adverse, which is funny because she teaches change management and helps others. Um, so it's good though, right? Because she knows what it's like to to not appreciate it, and yet she's the one who moves away, starts her own business, takes a ton of adventure, and took a ton of risk. And so I just always think of you, Kelly, and the beautiful words that Stephanie has shared, mm-hmm. and what's resonating with you. So powerful. Well you know, my thanks to your mom for being so instrumental in saying, you know, I can't support you anymore if you're not willing to support yourself or, or get yourself out of this. So I have to believe she saw these, this in you, this fight and this drive. Is that true? Oh, it ap- absolutely is. Her and I, we have a very special relationship and we, we've uh, processed this, you know, together. And, and she said, you know, she, she hesitated very much. She struggled a lot with setting that boundary with me, but she felt I was in a place where I was ready to hear it. Like I had, I, I just, she could tell I was, I was not happy with where I was at. And, and I think ultimately it was, it was a boundary that she set. And, and I, 
I needed that. I needed, um, cause many times, especially people who have experienced trauma and even those who have not have very porous boundaries and trouble setting them. And so it was, I, it was, she in many ways saved my life by, mm-hmm. by, drawing that line in the sand for me. And I'm forever grateful to her to, to force me to pivot, you know, because I'm not sure where I, I, you know, even though I do have that fighter in me, I'm not ready. Sure. I was ready to come out swinging, you know, at that point, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. And just, you know, just the, the, the way you share your story, just so powerful because you feel everything. That's what I felt as you were talking, you know, sharing your stories that you felt every emotion you had and you were okay with it. Even if it felt made you feel uncomfortable, you were okay with letting it feel making you feel uncomfortable because you knew that at the end of that journey, whether it be a course or whatever, you would be in a better position than you were presently. So one of the things that I I think about is Kiri and I do um, teach change management and you really talked about you know, the awareness, your mom creating that sense of awareness in you, like, I can't continue to support you if you're going to continue to live this way. And then you ultimately having to have the desire, which is the second part of the change model we use called ADCAR. It really is people want, people need to want to make a change in their life in order to effectively change their life. Right. And so when you said that it just resonated on many levels, um, just in the work that we do, but even more importantly, just on a human level, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. Right. So, and, the, yeah. mm-hmm, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. And I, I cut you off. It's just, I, I love that saying, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. And, and I just, and I, I think a lot of us, we have to, to make a change. We just have to get to a point where we're sick and tired of living the way we're currently living. And that's why a lot of people, when they want to change careers, they don't because they, they're in many ways too comfortable where they're at and, and haven't reached that point where it's, they're too uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not, they're uncomfortable, but not uncomfortable enough to want to make a change. And so that wanting to is really critical in moving forward, um, whether it's changing careers or moving forward after a really difficult life experience, um, that wanting to is, is important. Yes, absolutely. And we're just so grateful to you for having shared your story for your candor, your honesty, and just for the um, beautiful message that you you give everyone a, a message of hope that from the trauma that people are experiencing or have experienced, that there is there is um, a future out there if you want it. And so we definitely encourage um, everyone listening to connect with Dr. Hutchins. Um, all of your con- contact information um, is in the show notes. So we're looking forward to having people reach out to you and just to learn more about you, certainly read your book. I know I'll be picking up a copy. Um, and we're just, again, incredibly grateful for you being on our show and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.